So this is a retrial of the child pornography, and um, the, so far the jury has seen clips from the tapes. And what was interesting is that they had to actually, um, let me show you some of the stuff here. Uh, R. Kelly trial, um, uh, jury views tapes. So, no, this is not a public trial. Another so. day of graphic testimony as the government's star witness spends hours on the stand under grueling cross-examination from singer R. Kelly's lawyers. WGN's Julian Cruz has been covering this trial from the beginning. He joins us now live from the Dirksen Federal Building with more on that. Julian. Well, Micah and Ray, jurors shown 17 video clips that make up a pivotal portion go. of the government's case. Federal prosecutors contending that the videos clearly show R. Kelly engaging in illicit sex with a 14-year-old girl. But the courtroom proceedings unexpectedly halted for a time due to a degree of confusion and concern about the sensitive nature of the content. Defense attorneys, prosecutors, and the judge disagreeing for a time about how best to screen the graphic videos. Large black Look. partitions moved into play. They had to put large partitions in front of the jury to block. They, they surrounded the jury and the video so the public couldn't see the reactions of the jury or actually see the video itself. Damn, they want to change the whole story. Now they got to reach out. Yeah, well, that's what's up. I mean, here's the thing. Um, yeah, they paid off the victim. They paid off the victim's parents. There were so many people that they had on the on the uh, on the payroll that you know they were able to uh get out of that jury they they found him what was it he was acquitted he was acquitted in 2008 for the charge because he was able to him and his cohorts were able to pay off a ton of people and get them to, to silence them so that 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 that's really it, it's crazy it's crazy what they're able to do so here's a here's the actual partition they put up it's this big black partition so no one could see but the jury and uh and no one could see the public uh yeah no one could see the videos but the jury place in u.s district judge harry leenan weber's courtroom designed to shield the screening of the r kelly sex tapes from the public here in the courtroom the reaction of jurors at the dirksen federal building not visible to reporters due to the partitions but the government alleging the tapes and key testimony make it clear that kelly preyed on underage girls but his lead attorney jennifer bonjean pushing back during cross-examination questioning the contradictions after you moved out she asked jane you maintained a tight relationship with robert right yes that's right she says Despite Despite how terribly you say he was abusing you? Yes, Jane replies. And even after you broke up with Mr. Kelly, you would meet up to become intimate with him? She asked the witness. I still cared about him. So she's talking about Jane, who is the main victim here and the one who was in the actual videos. And she's trying to paint a picture that, you know, that that this girl was, you know, stuck on R. Kelly. 
Jane says. The potentially damaging information happening on the third day of testimony in Kelly's federal trial in Chicago, the former R&B singer facing a 13-count indictment accusing him and two accomplices of conspiring to rig the 2008 Cook County trial right where Kelly was acquitted. But during intense cross-examination, Jane forced to answer why she kept up ties with Kelly after she moved out, her father, a musician, still working for Kelly. He continued to work with R. Kelly even after the trial, right? Yes, that's right. Even after you broke up with him, you kept going to R. Kelly concerts. Yes. And your parents would attend these concerts too, right? Yes. So they're trying to build doubt within the jury, right? They're trying to build doubt within the victim and um, trying to show that this victim is, you know, trying their best to show that there was no real victim here, right? Like there was no crime that was done really because they kept in contact with R. Kelly. They kept in contact, you know, his her parents kept in contact with R. Kelly. His, his dad still worked with R. Kelly. So they're trying to paint a picture of that this isn't a good witness or a good, because uh, th I think this is their star witness. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is their star witness. Uh, and, and, you know, trying to discredit her the, as much as they can. Now, including yesterday's testimony, Jane on the witness stand for a grueling six hours talking about her complicated on-again, off-again relationship with R. Kelly. At the Dirksen Federal Building, Julian Cruz, WGN News. Hey, Julian. <clears throat> and then um, uh, Jane testified. And then the mom testified to... The government's star witness in R. Kelly's latest trial is still on the stand today. The witness, known as Jane, has answered four hours of questioning by prosecutors. Good afternoon, I'm Dina Baer. I'm Patrick Elwin, or Julian Cruz, live at the Dirksen Federal Building with more on our top story. Julian. Well, Pat and Dina, the 37-year-old witness with a pseudonym to protect her identity, enduring cross-examination today at the hands of R. Kelly's lawyers and a pair of attorneys representing two co-defendants. Now, defense attorneys during cross-examination seeking to establish what they argue are inconsistencies in the witness's story. Yeah, I story. agree. I agree, Morgan. R. Kelly's attorney, Jennifer Bongean, cross-examining the witness at the Dirksen Federal Building today. Even after you broke up, Bongean asked Jane, you would still meet up with Mr. Kelly to become intimate, despite oh, how terribly this. abusive he was to you? The witness admitting she still saw the R&B singer from time to time after his 2008 acquittal in Cook County Circuit Court. Jane, in cross-examination, also admitting Kelly paid for her apartment after they broke up, moving out to a South Suburban University Park apartment with Kelly wiring money to the witness on occasion, the potentially damaging testimony on the heels of yesterday's four hours on the witness stand where she testified that back in 2002, Kelly started videotaping their sexual encounters. When did that start, prosecutor? All right, Marby, be well. When I was 15, she says. How Thanks were the recordings made? There were lighting and camera recorders in the room. How did this motherfucker had lighting. That's how bad he wanted to get caught. Be well, Morby. Stay safe. I hope your head feels better. How did you feel about all of this? I was uncomfortable, she testifies, but I just went with the flow. The witness, now 37 years of age, facing her alleged abuser in the courtroom, describing how the R&B legend groomed her into a sex partner. 
in testimony yesterday, Jane publicly admitting that she was the girl in the video, in that R. Kelly video you may remember from the 2008 trial at Cook County Circuit Court. Her decision at the 11th hour not to testify a major factor, jurors say, in Kelly's acquittal. At the Dirksen Federal Building, Julian Cruz... Um, and then so here is the uh, mother, uh, the mother testified a couple days ago. So this is all within the last week of this trial starting. And this is, I mean, it, the trial has been great. I mean, not great, but you know, it's been really interesting to follow. It's really sad. And I, I, I'm, I'm rooting for our Kelly to get fucked. I, I have so many comments in my TikTok videos with like free R. Kelly. The parents should be in prison. And first of all, I agree. Parents probably should have some kind of repercussions off of this. But why do you want... There's, like, video of him doing this to a fucking little girl. Fuck R. Kelly. Fuck him in the fucking booty hole in the shower in prison. Fuck him, okay? This dude is out of control. So fuck, fuck R. Kelly. Uh, I don't know why people would even want to give this guy any, any of their time, but, you know. Still step in the name of love, baby. Okay, so here's the, the on the stand at this hour, the mother of the woman known as Jane. This woman saying that, that she felt mask afraid, off. she felt intimidated, and years ago she lied to a grand jury. But she today lied. she says today she is telling the truth. The federal trial against so so back in 2008 she was lying, but today she's telling the truth. Let's go. R&B star R. Kelly goes into its second week at the Dirksen Federal Building. Kelly, already convicted in a New York courtroom for racketeering and sex trafficking, is accused of creating child pornography and trying to escape prosecution by paying off the victim and her family in the pornographic video. In 2008, Kelly was tried and acquitted for child pornography in a Cook County case. In that trial, the teenager in the video did not cooperate with prosecutors. But last week, a woman testifying under the fake name, Jane, told jurors she was the 14-year-old in three pornographic videos with Kelly. Today, an IRS agent testified he analyzed financial and travel documents related to Kelly and his businesses, finding thousands of dollars paid to Jane and her parents. Jane's mother was called to testify late today, known to jurors as Susan. She told jurors Kelly was Jane's godfather, but she thought it was kind of strange because Jane already had godparents. Susan testified Jane began spending more time with Kelly and his family, telling jurors she said she was going to make some music with him. Susan is on the stand at this hour, now being questioned by Kelly's attorney, acknowledging on the witness stand that she does have an immunity deal with. She said some other stuff, too. Uh, let's see. Now to the case against R. Kelly. Dramatic testimony late this afternoon from another key witness, this time the mother of the alleged victim at the center of the child pornography case. And a warning, some of the testimony is disturbing. CBS 2's Tara Molina is live outside the courthouse. Tara. Erica, this woman is going by Susan, and she's the mother of the pivotal witness in this case, Jane. Testifying here today, she denied knowing anything was going on, any sexual relationship between her then 14-year-old daughter and Kelly, when Jane started spending more and more time with him. Again, we want to warn you, some of this could be disturbing. Susan, taking the stand for the first time, promised anonymity. The sketch of her in court has been obscured. Susan testified she and her 14-year-old daughter met Kelly at a local high school where Jane was performing. Introduced by her sister, Jane's aunt. What the fuck was R. Kelly doing at a local high school anyways? The fuck is a mega super fucking R&B singer doing a fucking thing? I know, Naders, I'm sorry. 
When she learned her daughter had asked R. Kelly to be her godfather, Susan testified she felt kind of strange. When asked why, she said because she knew her sister told Your James. Your favorite to SoundCloud rapper. What's up? Welcome in. We're just talking about R. Kelly trial. That. Last week, Jane testified it was shortly after she asked Kelly to be her godfather, their relationship became sexual. Susan said her daughter started going to Kelly's house a lot with his wife and kids, mostly on the weekends. When asked what she believed Jane was doing at the house, Susan said movies, shopping, hanging out with the kids. Oh. Prosecutors say Jane and her parents were paid and threatened by Kelly and his team so they wouldn't testify at the 2008 trial. Susan spoke to those threats, detailing the meeting arranged in Oak Park, where she says she first learned of her daughter's sexual relationship with the singer about two weeks after the Department of Children and Family Services reached them. Susan said at that meeting, Kelly asked her and her husband, are you with us or are you not? And felt that meant they were going to harm us, saying she felt both fearful and frightened. They were sent out of the country by Kelly and his team right after that meeting. When asked about the grand jury she lied to after getting back from that trip, Susan admitted she did not identify her daughter Jane in photos and videos shown to the grand jury, even though she knew it was her but did identify R. Kelly. See, and that's why the parents should be going to fucking prison too, because these motherfuckers were definitely signing their child away for, for abuse. That's what they were doing. Fucking rude. How's your day going, bro? It's going great, SoundCloud rapper. Thank you so much for asking. Ain't no way Harry Styles is the king of pop. I agree. SoundCloud rapper. I think we all came to that same conclusion. Oh, good, Naders. I'm glad you're back. I'm glad everything worked out good. Nate, you know what? I, I agree with you. Thank you for that follow, too, SoundCloud rapper. Um, I appreciate that. Uh, no, we absolutely agreed. We, we covered that story. That was the first story of the day. Harry Styles is definitely not the king of pop and never will be. But we also found that Rolling Stone has named Justin Timberlake the king of pop as well and now everyone's making fun of justin timberlake because of his tiktok so <sighs> rolling stone is a garbage magazine anyways it used to be cool but now it sucks so very true soundcloud rapper thank you so much for just uh re uh, reaffirming our our, our our firm belief that harry styles is not the king of pop <sighs> In cross-examination, Kelly's lead attorney asked Susan about a number of visits she made alone to Kelly's recording studio after meeting him, directly asking her about an intimate relationship she had with Kelly. Susan denied that intimate relationship and said she was making those visits to talk about business and get advice from Kelly. Reporting live outside the federal courthouse, I'm Tara Molina. These people and their excuses. I need business advice from this guy who's taking advantage of my daughter. There's this vig there's someone named Sparkle. Sparkle testifies R. Kelly trial. Who the fuck is Sparkle? That's why I want to know. Sparkle denies niece's lie in testimony. See, I don't get who Sparkle is though. Uh sorry, what is Jane? Sparkle claims niece lied. Okay, hold on. The shade room has this. Oh, this is Sparkle right here. Hey, y'all, it's Sparkle. Um, have my phone here because I have notes that I want to make sure that I say everything that I want to say today. 
um, and forgive the bolting of the jets overhead. We have the air mortar show here. Just get to uh, a lady. I want to put a few things in context. Um, I'm letting those who really know, support, and love me know that this. This is R. Kelly song in the background, by the way. Yesterday was a day I didn't think I'd ever see. Nevertheless, at this point, I'm pretty much prepared for anything. After I learned my niece was cooperating with the investigators, I prayed and I thanked God. Also, I did some thinking, as I often do, throughout this whole process. Asked myself, if I were them, what could be said that legitimately make this make sense and spare them from crazy? My answer is nothing. Knowing that there's no right answer to explain their ongoing actions and years of support for Robert once learning about that tape, the clear plan is to try to take me down because I've been so vocal. I knew that there was some anger and resentment because of my stance, which is why I'm like, okay, they're gonna handle it their way and I'm going to handle it my way. And I was thinking, one day my niece will be older and we'll have a real heart-to-heart -heart conversation. And there's no expiration on this concept, but I'm very clear that day ain't close. I know us speaking privately and candidly to her it looks like betrayal of her mother. But now being an adult, I was hoping she was closer to being more independent thinking at this point. Yesterday, my niece absolutely, <clears throat> she absolutely doing the will of her mom. This is another form of the terrible decision-making of her mom. And in my opinion, the unfortunate continuing allegiance to Robert. As the youngest of the group, and all I've ever known was family and community. So I operated from that space from the beginning of my career by bringing them in to show them that it was not just about me, but about us getting this record deal. So this is the, the, the aunt of the niece. Uh, to be fair, I'd much rather la uh, label Justin Bieber Ed Sheeran, King of Pop, considering they have number one and number two in the world for a while on charts of the great pop. Who would you label? I, well, I'm just going to go with, with uh, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, the, the OG, sir. The OG SoundCloud rapper. Um, Justin Bieber, if he can maintain his career throughout his 50s, then we can call him the king of pop because he, he traded his whole childhood for, for, for music and stardom, uh, same as the, the Michael Jackson did. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't think anyone's earned it other than the, than the true king of pop, even though he has some questionable marks on his uh, past. But hey whatever so sparkle is that so as you can see she's she's not making let's see sparkle ig r kelly so sparkle wasn't uh he urinated on my vagina jesus christ sparkle pimped her niece to r kelly so people don't like Sparkle. 
people are not in the sparkle. Victim testified sparkle made her climb in R. Kelly's lap. Whoa. Get ready, get ready for this piping hot tea. Get ready for this hot tea. Welcome to another episode of Taps. I mean, just all through the hood. I think everybody saw this video, and a lot of people thought it was somebody older, more than two decades, and at his home on the north side, at his north pornography, and rigging his 2008 pornography trial. Music group at the time, and tour, you know what I'm saying? So this is coming from the victim's mouth. What I, I have nieces, okay? Told her, I should to say. Her aunt, Sparkle, okay? Advised her to ask R. Kelly to be her godfather, explaining that her aunt told her, I should sit on his lap and rub his head and ask him to play that role in my life. That came directly from Sparkle's fake crying ass on the R. Kelly documentary. Remember, she's been on this hobo tour. You know what I'm saying? So this is coming from the victim's mouth. What I, I have nieces, okay? I would never tell my niece to get onto the lap of a grown man and rub his head seductively, okay? Because that's why you're rubbing somebody's head. The head is a very sensitive spot, especially for men who are bald. They love getting head rubs, okay? I know from personal experience. The head is a very sensitive spot, both heads, actually. But we're talking about the head on your shoulders, right? So so the victim testified against Sparkle. And Sparkle sort of created this, the introduced the two and was uh kind of pimping the, the girl out so sparkles kind of a, a b uh michael's music apartment has signs saying you have to be this tall to ride michael to ride michael how dare you naders how fucking dare you besmirch the good name of michael jackson okay we we don't do that here so there you go. There's a little bit more on Sparkle and who that is. I, I was a little confused myself on who Sparkle was in this whole uh, case. Oh, I dare. <laughs> so now we're up to the fixer. Now, if you guys don't know what a fixer is, a fixer is someone who is hired to go make sure like uh, the body's cleaned up, to make sure there's nobody out there talking, to make sure they're paying off all the people they need to pay off. So let's say a rich billionaire is doing cocaine with a prostitute all night and he what they pass out and when he wakes up there's a bloody faced pulp of a person that used to be the prostitute and now this politician or rich billionaire whatever you want uh needs someone to come in and clean it up and make sure that no one finds out about it. enter the fixer the fixer comes in uh uh you know uh, Mr. President, don't worry. Uh, let's just get you cleaned up. I'll take care of the mess in the foyer. And uh, you go on with your day and no one will ever know about this. So the fixer for the R. Kelly, uh, for R. Kelly, who was out to pay people off with about the videos and, and, and he was their dude. Uh, now he's testifying. And so here's what he's saying. There you go. Can you please react to my original song? I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. It's on Spotify and YouTube. Um, SoundCloud rapper, uh, I'm sure I'll do that, but I'm I'm doing this story. So if you want to hang out for a little bit, um, we're almost done here. We're we're about done with this stream. So we'll we'll do that at the end if you want to hang out. But if not, I get it. Uh, your favorite SoundCloud rapper? What's your name? Trolley Bear. Love that. Okay, we'll listen to that. But I'm I'm like. I'm on, a, I'm on a roll right now, and I'm trying to get to the bottom of this shit. God damn it. 
Uh, we feared for our lives, mother testifies. All right, I'm sure you did. Um, uh, R. Kelly trial fixer testifies. Uh, trial fixing charge. Uh, where is it? I wish I could find, oh, is this it? There it is. Another key witness took the stand today in day seven of the R. Kelly federal trial here in Chicago. We heard from the man who says he paid, was paid by Kelly and his team to recover sex tapes featuring Kelly and an underage girl. CBS 2's Tara Molina is joining us with those details. And Tara, some disturbing information in court today. Jim and Erica, disturbing, and we want to warn all of you about that. The entire testimony today revolving around child pornography tapes and payoffs. The man testifying, Charles Freeman, was granted an immunity deal by the government to go on the record. He not only knew about the nature of the tapes he was paid to retrieve and recover, but made copies of them himself to be sure he'd be paid. And he kept those copies for years. Which, if you're going to be doing this kind of work, it's probably best to have some fucking insurance. Charles Freeman testified he started working with R. Kelly in the 90s doing merchandising for Kelly's concert tours. He said the two became friends. A relationship that changed when he says Kelly called him in 2001, telling him he wanted him to recover some tapes. Ultimately, Freeman said he verbally negotiated a million-dollar payout in exchange for the original tape, but only $140,000 in a written contract. Freeman says within days he traveled to Atlanta to an address provided by Kelly's team with two men testifying a young lady came to the door. He told her he was there to recover the expletive tapes you stole from Robert Kelly. She put her hands up and pointed him in the right direction. He left with three tapes. Only one was a tape involving Kelly. He then went to a Walmart and purchased a VCR recorder and blank tapes, making copies because he didn't trust Kelly's team to pay him. And why would you? Freeman testified observing in the tape he recovered and copied Kelly having sex with a young girl, urinating on her and putting lotion on her face. He said you can hear both Kelly and the girl refer to her body parts as 14 years old. He never called the police. Mighty, mighty, thank you so much for gift subbing Nectronica sub. You're the best, mighty, mighty. And just for that, hold on. Prosecutor asked why. At one point, Oops. he said, quote, because the police. Hold on. Uh, go, MM. Hello, mighty, mighty. This is Jean Claude Van Damme. And I want to give you a huge thank you, a big old splits, and the <laughs> as a thank you for all that you do for this channel. Thank you, my my. You're the best. Appreciate you. Let's finish this video. Wasn't going to pay me one million dollars. In 2019, Freeman turned the copies over to his attorney after an attorney reached him about holding child porn for Robert Kelly, and that's what led to his involvement in this trial. Now, Freeman's demands for all of the money owed continued for years. He was paid in installments all the way up to and after the 2008 trial where Kelly was acquitted. We expect cross-examination to start tomorrow morning. Defense attorneys will question Freeman in the testimony we heard today, and it could get heated. In their opening statements, they called him a con man and an extortionist. Reporting live in the newsroom, I'm Tara Molina, CBS 2 News. Thank you, Tara. There you go. And this is all this is all uh, local to Chicago, local to the uh, the actual trial.
So these are all Chicago affiliates of uh, ABC and CBS and WGN. So these are all people who are right there, right in the action of it. So I've been following these news organizations, and it's been pretty straightforward. Uh, now, I heard about this uh, uh, last week because he got signed, or it got signed to a label. So... AI rapper FN Mecca dropped from label for being racist-ass robot. The virtual rapper has been criticized for dropping the N-word and promoting gross stereotypes. <laughs> and this is what it looks like. It's like a mix between a bunch of different rappers and stuff, I guess. It's, uh, it's weird. Let's read through this. And we'll get a little deeper onto it, and uh, we'll, we'll go in a little further. Robots, they're just like us, because they can get canceled too, apparently. Virtual rapper FN Mecca had, uh, made FN headlines, which is such a stupid thing. Uh, I hate that. I hate that that someone wrote FN headlines. Virtual rapper Evan Mecca made headlines when it, it was signed by Capitol Records. So let's go over here first. And Capitol Records... Cancel. Get out of here. Jesus. Capitol Records just signed a virtual artist, FN Mecca. He has over 10 million followers on TikTok. So here's the dude. So let's read this and then we'll go back to this other one. So we all know where the story ends. Uh, MBW is a pretty good on stats. Okay, hold on. Uh, there is one major label sign we spotted fair, fairly early, though. In April last year, we told you about a robot rapper called FN Mecca, the virtual artist creator who will come back later, told us at the time Mecca was created using thousands of data points compiled uh, from video games and social media. So he's just, he was just something that was compiled by, a, by an algorithm, right? I want to deny all that shit. Just over a year later, FN Mecca has over 10 million followers on TikTok. Not only that, he just has been signed by one of the most powerful record companies in the world, Capitol Records. Capitol claims FN Mecca, uh, who has over a billion views on TikTok, is the number one virtual being on the video on the video platform, as well as the world's first AR artist to sign with a major label. He his debut major label single Florida Water, a collaboration with Billboard chart topper Gunna, who's in prison or in jail right now for Rico charges, and professional Fortnite player Clicks, who is just this little white kid, uh, is out on Friday, August 12th, which I think this was last year. Uh, it has been produced by Turbo, Travis Scott, Young Thug, and Lil Baby, and executive produced by DJ Holiday, Gucci Man, and Nicki Minaj. Uh, Ryan Rudin, Capital Music Group's Executive Vice President of Experimental Marketing and Business Development, tells MWB that the project meets the intersection of music, technology, gaming, culture, and is just a preview of what's to come. The song Florida Water meets at the intersection. Okay, we know that. Um, Add, uh, added Rudin, this latest project with FN Mecca and Clicks, while a first of its kind, is the only an evolution of Capitol Records' 80-year history of innovation. The move marks one of Capitol's boldest, yet under the leadership of Michelle Jubilur, who's named chair and CEO of Capitol Music Group, um, has, uh, technically speaking, FN Mecca is voiced by a human, but everything else about him, from his lyrics to the chord to the tempo, underpinning his music is based on AI, which is a lie. It's not. 
Uh, alongside w- the release of Florida Water to streaming platforms, Capital has also inked what it calls a unique partnership with royalty-free music startup Slipstream. Uh, as a result, Florida Water is being made into uh, is made available to creators to use the music on YouTube and Twitch without monetization or takedowns. Slipstream, which raised uh, $7.5 million of series of financial round from investors including Sony, Third Prime, and okay, all right. It was launched by entrepreneurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cares? Who cares? Um, okay. In December, music industry veteran Anthony Martini uh, exited his role of CEO of Royalty Exchange and joined Slipstream. Uh, Martini, who is one of the founders of, uh, happens to be the co-founder of Factory New, the virtual record label that f- first signed FN Mecca. In an interview of NMBW last year, Martini told us the company developed pro- proprietary AI technology that analyzes certain popular songs of a specified genre and generates recommendations for the various elements of song construction, lyrical content, chords, melody, tempo, sounds, etc. We then combine these elements to create a song. He added, as of now, a human voice performs the vocals, but we are working towards the ability to have a computer come up with and perform its own words and even collaborate with other computers and co-writers. So <laughs> taking a step back right now, looking at this, um, the idea that music and words and and melodies that touch human souls can be generated by a computer solely i don't know if that's possible currently um and if it is currently possible then boy are we fucked (laughs) boy are our musicians fucked anyways i should say um but I don't know. Uh, I I feel like this was uh, I feel like this was a good endeavor. I think this was a cool idea, but I think it just went in the wrong direction. And they went for a rapper, and it pissed off a bunch of people, uh, which we'll get to in a second. But um, admittedly, they're saying that it is voiced by a real person. And I think the person who voices him is a white dude. I'm not sure. Let's look it up. Because here's the problem. They're dropping N-bombs, y'all. They're talking about police brutality. And people don't like that. Um, The voice of... According to Mega Careers, Factory New Founder... Uh, the voice most often being Kyle the Hooligan has been revealed by Gene. Oh, I think Kyle the Hooligan is actually a black rapper. So let's look into that. Yeah, so Kyle the Hooligan is actually a black rapper. So, so the voice it's voiced by a black rapper, which is good. I mean, consider they're dropping and bombs, but. I could have swore there was a time. Hold on. There was a time. Uh, Evan virtual. Yeah, we know that. Uh, meet the meet the humans. 
Um, I want to see the humans, you fuckers. Uh, which represent uh, in gen- in the genius video? Okay, so let's watch the genius video. Where is that video? Um, all right, this was done one year ago. Artificial intelligence is all around us. From the phones we carry to the algorithms that service the music that we listen to. It's literally used in everything. But over the last few years, and in particularly the last few months, AI has been used to create actual rap songs, and in one instance, actual rappers. And it forced me to ask the question, is it just AI, or is it a band of people coming together to masquerade as AI? AI's use in creating music has been widely documented. OpenAI, an AI research company, released a slew of music in 2020 in the ethos of popular musicians like Katy Perry. And singer Holly Herndon uses AI as an assistant to create pop music. But like I said before, what about actual rap songs? Well, yeah, that's happened too. Enter Travis Bott. No, you talking trippy on my play. I just want your first lay. We didn't expect it to. It was Travis more experiment on ours that we kind of went all in on, and we didn't expect it to, to garner such like a feverish response, literally around the world. That's Ned Lampert and Micah Coolish from Space 150. The company behind. AI is so scary that there is now an AI that is able to say anything as someone famous. But yeah, yeah, no, we were talking about that the other day with um, Dustin. He was a guest, and we we're talking about how Tom Cruise, you know, deep fake Tom Cruise. If you didn't know that wasn't Tom Cruise, you'd be like, that's Tom Cruise acting all crazy, which, you know, Tom Cruise does that crazy as fuck. But there's some AI. Yeah, you can now take it, it's like Photoshop for for voice, where you can literally take uh, what people are saying, just take a wealth of information dump it into a computer and now you can have Joe Rogan saying whatever you want or now you can have you know Travis Scott say whatever or, or now you can have Mikey P say whatever you want him to say he can just be saying a bunch of racist shit and then get him canceled i mean it is nuts it's fucking wild it is fucking wild or fake uh vitality uh kitchko calling the official representative vitality kitchko is that's a fighter right Kitschko is a is a fighter. I don't know. Behind Travis Bot, Gina spoke with them to find out how they created a robot version of Travis Scott that wasn't in Fortnite. Yes. this made waves when it dropped okay, last year. Thank you. It was obviously fake, but some of the lyrics sounded like they were straight from the mind of LaFlame. According to Ned and Micah, they fed a computer hundreds of Travis Scott songs, which then spat out lyrics. They sent me a doc with them, and they're pretty unusual. Check out these bars. I mean, I can tell you I can for us in the basement. I just with my brothers on the plane. Look at my doors like I'm right now, the barch so you got it for the same past. 
It's lit what? because like you just heard, most of it didn't make any sense. A human hand was needed to actually craft the songs to make them palatable. So they didn't go full Matrix on you. Then they had Dallas rapper So So Topic become Travis Scott and rap the songs. In a tweet last year, he said, quote, it was the weirdest thing I've ever been a part of. This entire endeavor raised some serious ethical concerns and the aforementioned Holly Herndon critiqued them in an interview saying, quote, is it okay to literally sample someone's personhood? Are we okay with that as a society? And if we're okay with that, how does that play out within the existing... I mean, AI, AI boy, Al boy can, Al boy or is it AI boy? Is that real? Is, is there an AI boy rapper? Uh. Oh, I see. <laughs> I'm out here like looking like, is there, is there one? structures that we already have in society. Space 150 maintains that they weren't trying to make any money with Travis Bot and that they were just trying to start a conversation. But not everyone is in this AI rapper game for the lulls or even altruistic reasons. <laughs> not everyone in the AI rapper game is here for fucking the lulls, baby. We're here for the moolah, the big green, baby. Some people are actually here to make money. Really? Enter FN Mecca. FM Mecca is a virtual human influencer with more than 9 million followers on TikTok. Its greatest hits include an AirPod shotgun, selling a toilet as an NFT, and many others. In 2019, it released two songs, Internet, and Moonwalk. The tracks were clearly chasing the ethos of embattled artists 6ix9ine and Tay-K in Moonwalking and on internet respectively. These cuts were synced to TikToks in an effort to go viral. But it was its branding as the first robot rapper that really made me ask questions. Who was the voice behind FM Mecca? Who the people could- No, uh, it's not completely. It's not completely AI. So there are real voices, there are real vocalists, and there are real, um... Uh, there are some people writing lyrics, but apparently some of it is. So it's not full Matrix. It's just they, they, it's like they jump off. Their jump off point is what the AI spits out. And so, yeah, it is scary. Controlling F and Mecca. Why are they masquerading behind this avatar? Why won't they just be transparent? Its most recent effort is Speed Demon, which is made entirely by AI, which is clear, judging by its unintelligible lyrics. She wanna skirt in my whip. She wanna skirt in my whip. So Speed Demon was our first real foray into AI, like, music creation. In my mission to find Mecca's true creators, I landed on Anthony Martini. He's part of Factory New, Mecca's record label. Him and I spoke on a few occasions about FN Mecca. At first, he wanted me to treat FN Mecca as if it were a real, living, breathing robot. Right now, all these worlds are sort of separated, right? You have like the virtual world, you have video game world, you have human world, all that. At some point, it's all gonna be blurred anyway. He even had me speak with someone who supposedly was FN Mecca. To be honest, I have no idea why. I was created by Factory New, and I was a coded hard set of beliefs to just rap. For the entire conversation, this person never left character. Really based on statistics, right? So um, the AI scans um, what's currently popular, and we try and mimic uh, music that's popular in the current culture. The whole thing felt weird, and they were still being cagey as to who was behind FN Mecca, and why. After reading hundreds of comments on Mecca's videos, one name continually popped up. Chris Lee, aka Clegg FX. Lee is a triple threat. 
vlogger, designer, music video director, and much more. He's the co-founder of RTFKT Studios, where they create and sell sneaker NFTs and other collectibles. He's involved in the creation of Mecca's record label, Factory New. He hails from Salt Lake City, Utah, the same location where FM Mecca claims as its home database our virtual human database. Here, Lee has seen it. The home database. <laughs> oh, shit. April 2019, announcing FM Mecca as an early signee of Factory New. Genius reached out to Chris numerous times to get him on the record for this interview, but he declined the comment. But he did issue one statement. It said, quote, thanks for your interest. I only sponsor FM Mecca with my NFT brand, RTFKT Studios, which was true, but the evidence suggests way more. I went back to the aforementioned post and I kept looking through comments and one of them blew the whole story wide open. In it, he responds to a commenter asking a question about FM Mecca by saying, quote, he's created in my brother's lab. Chris Lee's brother's name is Brandon and he also goes by Gun Junkie. In the early 2010s, he made skins for Dota and the video game CSGO. Brandon is also a moderator of a Steam group called Factory New. A source on background confirmed to me that Brandon is behind the design of FM Mecca with Chris Lee as the brand. Mecca's two songs dropped in the months after the announcement with TikTok videos pushing each. I thought back to my interview with Mecca or whomever was claiming to be Mecca. And I asked it if it believed that one day robot rappers or musicians will overtake human musicians and become our musical overlords. And its answers were peculiar to say the least. Yes, because um, humans are very limited in their, their dictionary, right? If Neuronet comes or just AI in general, I think robots and humans are gonna get smarter overall. So clearly, I needed to take a step back and figure out exactly what I was dealing with. What is a virtual human anyway? So a virtual human is obviously... Whew. Okay. I read this book by... What's this guy's name? It was 20... 21 Lessons for the 21st Century. Who is that guy? I keep forgetting his name. Yuval Noah Harari. Harari. And, and, he, and he's actually part of the WEF, by the way, the World Economic Forum, which is very interesting. But in any case, he was talking about um, he was talking about how AI is going to become so embedded with our thoughts, feelings, memories, emotions that and it's gonna get so developed in a way that it's going to be able to uh, AI is going to be able to create music specific for your uh, mood, for your environment, for what you want. So you'll be able to create music through robots in your head to fit whatever emotion and environments and feelings that you're going through at that moment. Can AI delete trauma? That would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's just hope so. So the fact that we're already here and, you know, when they're talking about Neuronet, they're talking about the Neuronet and Neuralink and how far that's going to go and how far that's going to take us. What is where is this all going? Are we going to be in a world where we're only entertained by algorithms and, and, and artificially intelligent uh, bots that were programmed off of the data that's being collected, the, this mass data collection, um, will, will AI be able to sort of convince humans that this is good? I mean, the thing is, is that this FN Mecca, he went viral. I mean, he has 10 million fucking followers on, uh, on TikTok. 
So this dude, I mean, this fucking robot is doing something. It's it's effective. It's touching. It, it's hitting the right strings for some people, for the young people. So what what does this mean? Are we going to be... Uh, are, are we convinced? Is is art going to be a thing of uh, of the past for humans, for humanity? Will humans just stop doing art because the robots do it for us? I mean, that's kind of where we're at right now. It's so interesting to see how these new programs, especially for like um, for Illustrator or, or for, for graphic designers, where they have paintbrushes now that like just draw hair perfectly. And, and, and like what I saw this TikTok is like, watch me fucking basically rip off people who hired me to do things. And, we're, and I'm just going to use this paintbrush to do the work for me. I'd rather be listening to pigeons playing ping pong. They're a good band. They're good band-naders. I think they're. I think they were at the Hookahville this year. Acoustic Hookah Naders. You might like Acoustic Hookah. They're a regional band. They're pretty big around here, um, and they do a hippie festival every year. And they're cool with the pigeons playing ping pong. The Works. I know the Works are cool with those guys. P- pigeons playing ping pong. Who else is it? It's a. Uh, there's a whole new breed of jam bands that are all just interconnected. They're all hanging out and fucking doing shit. Andy Frasco is not part of that, but that's what I've been known as Andy Frasco in the Union. Um, oh shit, who is that band? The works. Not the Motet, not Lettuce. Uh, this is coming up. Is this coming up or is this already? I think this already happened actually. Uh, <laughs> Dustin, Justin Smith and the Daydreamers, Bacano. Eh, whatever. Any case. Oh, it's called Twit Twiddle? Twitter Twiddle? Is that the name of it? Twiddle is the name of it. Twiddle, is that the name of a band? Yes. Woman be shopping, am I right? Yes, they do. Twiddle band. Band. Yeah. Yes. So Twiddle is another band that's part of that whole crew. In any case, sorry, we got distracted. Let's get back to this. Um, what? Yeah. Listening to real music. Nader, so you make a good point. Are people going to want to actually give their time and energy to uh, AI-generated art? Or are they going to want to hold on to that the old-fashioned made-by-human art? Right. So who knows? Now we still need an outlet, but maybe AI can help. Well, and, and of course, there's people out there who use AI to help with their art. We we're just talking about there's different paintbrushes that just basically create the art for you. Uh, there's uh, I mean, the way we have it now with uh, the the way we have uh, DAWs, digital 
uh, digital audio workstations are basically they're just they, they have beats they have rhythms they have everything you need already i mean they have since where you just push a button make rhythm and it's fine you just go with it so it's really i mean we're already in a point where we actually are relying on uh, artificial intelligence to make art for some uh, how long does it take before we just submit a synthetic version of a human created through CGI. It can be a static character that you look at on a screen, or it can be a character that talks to you in some way or is in, or is in uh, some form of video, but it's synthetic. It's computer-generated imagery. That's Dudley Neville Spencer of the Virtual Influencer Agency. He works at Brands... It's, it, it, and if we were talking about imagery, we got to talk about crossing the uncanny valley. Is that going to be something that we can get across? Or, and, and, find, and Gene, welcome. Hello. Craft virtual humans and is currently involved in creating a code of ethics of brands who manage these characters. Dudley thinks FM Mecca is actually pretty good design. It's the CGI which makes it, you know, creating the AirPod rifle and all that kind of stuff. That, that is, that's a, that's a, that's very clever because that's, that's new, that's interesting, and the cultural touchstones which that age group are going to be very, very interested in. But he also believes it's important for the humans behind these characters to be public. It's really important. If it's an avatar of a real human, you need to know who that human is. Because if you have avatars of 50-year-old men pretending to be 12-year-old girls, that's a big problem. <laughs> Studies show that people... <laughs> that is a big problem. <laughs> Good point. ...actually believe these robots are real people. But he sees a utility in using Mecca as a vessel to create and sell pop music. The music almost becomes... Oh, well, I'm going to watch it because I'm actually being entertained. But do I think it's that good? It's probably better than any other robots music I've heard, but I don't necessarily think it's going to change the world yet. Armed with this knowledge, I linked up with Ant from Factory New once more. Like I mentioned before, it's not like it's a top secret thing where, you know, if you do enough searching, you'll, you'll, you'll know who's behind it. Ask him if he could confirm that Mecca's creator was Brandon Lee. I can't confirm or deny. I've always wanted to say that in an interview, but... Uh... In a statement Anthony provided me on behalf of Factory New from Brandon Lee after that interview, Brandon confirmed that he's in fact the creator of FN Mecca. He said, quote, FN Mecca was originally a concept character for a video game project called Cloud Fighter. It is essentially a video game where SoundCloud rappers fight each other, which is similar to one of my favorite games ever, Def Jam Vendetta. The statement <laughs> went on to say that Mecca's design is a combination of, quote, Icy Narco, Lil Pump, Trippy Red, and Takashi 69 As for the secrecy, Lee said, quote, the people behind FM Mecca wish to stay somewhat behind the scenes because Mecca receives a lot of hate mail, death threats, etc. As really? for the voice behind Mecca's two earlier songs, Lee says it was Kyle the Hooligan. Genius made contact with Kyle, but he did not answer any questions as to his involvement with FN Mecca. Anthony says FN Mecca is just one piece in a wider rollout for Factory New. The FN characters are going to be kind of like the internal, like the Marvel Universe model, where it's like anything that's FN will be sort of created from scratch in-house and built up, and, and those are more like part of Factory News specifically. In fact, FN Mecca is already fighting with another character called FN Normal, a robot beef of some sorts. And the top comment on the YouTube post says, quote, <laughs> Yes, sir, I got money on my boy, FN Mecca. Does Mecca dream of electric sheep? It seems like we'll never know. I'm Jacques Morel with Genius News, bringing you the meaning and the knowledge behind the music. So he he, he actually did a really good job on an update to it. We'll go and watch his TikTok because he's no longer with Genius. He's actually has his own TikTok um, channel or profile or whatever you want to call it. God, I sound like a fucking old boomer. And he did a really good job on sort of the update of what's going on now. So we'll watch that. So all that sort of leading back to where we're at now and where are we at now okay so virtual rapper fn make it uh okay um where were we okay we we haven't even read this uh bots fighting what time what a time to be alive yeah wait until the bots are fighting each other irl 
And then we'll all be like, dear God, what a what a time to be alive. No, the humanity or the lack of. Virtual rapper FN Mecca made headlines when it was signed by Capitol Records, who claimed it to be the first AR artist to sign with a major label. A few weeks later, FN Mecca became the first AR artist to be dropped by a major label after the backlash, noting that this was virtually some 21st century blackface shit. <laughs> That's funny, which is horrible. Uh, this, this was a quote from, uh, okay. So CMG has severed ties, which is capital music group. Capital music group has severed ties, uh, with the FN Mecca project effective immediately. Uh, this is also quoting CMG. We offer our deepest apologies to the black community for our insensitivity in signing this project without asking enough questions about equity and cr the creative process behind it. We thank those who have reached out to us with constructive feedback in the past couple of days. Your input was invaluable as we came to the decision to end our association with the project. Mighty, mighty! What's up, G? Good to see you. Mata, mata. Welcome in, Mighty. Thank you so much for being here. We're just talking about AI robots that are getting dropped from record labels because they're racist robots. <laughs> we got racist robots, motherfuckers. <laughs> what do you think of that, butt sluts? We got racist ass robots. Uh, <laughs> we need to stop with the bending of the knee to cancel culture. I agree. That that is something I agree with. So it is interesting, right? That these non-black folks made this. This character who looks, looks, I don't know. They're, they're kind of like, I can't even tell what kind of race they are, but they, they look black represented and they definitely drop N bombs and they talk about police brutality and such. So, um, you know, it, it is interesting. What if we make black robots? Double mate. Yeah, double mate. <laughs> double mate. Uh, will we make black robots? Uh, well, that that should solve all of our problems. Black robots for the win. <laughs> uh, I made black character on PS Home. Well, that's nice. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, FN Mecca is a product of Factory New, which we just were learning about. A media company focused solely on virtual and digital talent. Co-founder Anthony Martini... Uh, told Music Business last year. Uh, FN Mecca was their first character designed by Martini's business partner, Brendan Lee, using thousands of data points compiled from video games and social media. Uh, social media and video games? Why, no one ever uses offensive language or crude stereotypes there. What could go wrong? <laughs> uh, of course, Entertainment Weekly throwing in a little comedy there, a little sarcasm. Uh, so what is FN Mecca's artistic, uh, FM artistic process, if you can call it that? According to Martin, they developed a proprietary AI technology that analyzes certain popular songs of a specific genre, a specified genre, and generates recommendations for the various elements of song construction, lyrics, content, chord melody, tempo, sounds, etc., when then combined these elements to create a song. 
So they're saying that they uh, they developed a technology that analyzes popular songs and then generates uh, similar melodies and shit like that that sort of fit. Fun fact: that's how Stevie Wonder's song made songs in key, the key of life was made. No, that's not a fun fact. Uh, he was a big black dude with a PS jersey and big ass afro doing the spring roll. It was great. God bless you, Gene. God bless you. Um, since that interview, FN Mecca has amassed more than 10 million followers on TikTok, where the music industry goes for ideas and where creativity goes to die. God, they, this is a very opinionated piece. Capital was eager to sign the robot rapper with Ryan Rudin, CMG's executive vice president, and experimental marketing and business development, touting it's just a preview of what's to come. Uh, more racist robots. Activist collective industry blackout issued statement after the news uh, signing spread calling FN Mecca an amalgamation of gross stereotypes, appropriative mannerisms that derive from black artists complete with slurs and infused in lyrics. So let's go over here and let's read this from this is from industry blackout. This is one of the bigger um, activist organizations that railed against this song. Dear Capital Records, it has come to our attention that your company has decided to partner with Factory Nuance Sign, the artificially designed rapper FN Mecca. While we applaud innovation in tech that connects listeners to music and enhances the experience, we find fault in the lack of awareness in how offensive this caricature is. It is a direct insult to the black community and our culture, an amalgamation of gross stereotypes, appropriative mannerisms that derive from black artists, complete with slurs infused in lyrics. That's just the first paragraph. <laughs> This digital effigy, God, I love the word cho choices here, is a careless abomination and disrespectful to real people who face real consequence in real life. For example, Gunna, a black artist who is featured on a song with FN Mecca, is currently incarcerated for rapping the same type of lyrics this robot mimics. The difference is your artificial rapper will not be subject to federal charges for such. And, okay, first of all, Gunna is not in prison for being a rapper, okay? That, let, let's, just, let's just back up a minute. Gunna is in jail right now for fucking murder and distributing drugs and fucking and having a being a part of a whole racketeering gang okay he's in there for racketeering not for rapping <laughs> so uh and, and i get that they're trying to say you know the subject matter of what gunna is saying but gunna there is all thousands of rappers that talk about doing dirt and uh committing crimes and growing up in the hood who have never had any experience with that kind of lifestyle. So, uh, no, he's in there for being a foul mouth. Yes, exactly. Gene. <laughs> exactly. A black artist who is featured on the song, uh, is currently incarcerated for rapping the same type of lyrics. I mean, you're not, he's not in there for rapping about racketeering. 
he's in prison for racketeering. So, okay, word word salad there, but that's fine. Was the hint of sarcasm? Mighty mighty, what did you say? Hello, good to see you. I don't think it was a hint of sarcasm, Naders. Mighty Mighty is pretty straightforward. They let you know how they feel. Uh, for your company to approve this shows a serious lack of diversity and resounding amount of tone-deaf leadership. This is simply unacceptable and will not be tolerated. We demand this partnership be terminated, a formal public apology be issued, FN Mecca removed from all platforms. Furthermore, all monies spent by Capital Records and Factory New for this project will be allocated to the uh, charitable organizations that directly support black youth in the arts, as well as marketing budgets for black artists signed to Capital Records. We look forward to your response and compliance. And here we here's the thing too. I don't like that that's what this has come down to that it's about compliance. It's like you must comply with all of our demands or your whole co company is done, son. Um no jokes allowed in here, Naders. You're not allowed to joke in here, goddammit. This is a serious fucking show. Okay, we're talking about racist robots right now, Naders. Yeah, yeah, go hide. Go hide. Go hide like your father used to do. I'm just kidding, <laughs> When you're in a fight with your partner and they're just like, yeah, go do that just like your father. And it's just like, oh, these motherfuckers. This fucking bitch. Is Nader's going to have to choke a bitch? Oh, he's back. He's back, everybody. He's back. Um, again, I, I can see why people were a little sensitive to this rapper, this artificial rapper dropping N-bombs and perpetuating negative uh, stereotypes to the black race. He's been on a 20-year cigarette run. <laughs> Aw, sorry, Nader's. I'll be back. I'll be back, Naders. Make sure you take care of your mom. I'm going to get a pack of smokes. Okay, Dan. I got it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's... Okay. Anyways. Uh, so, again, I'm not trying to shit on Industry Blackout. I, I realize that they're there to make a better world, but I don't like the idea of compliance. I don't like the idea that they're th – th this, is, this is not just a, an ask. This is a threat in a sense, right? Because they're not going to just if, – if nothing happens, they're just going to keep going. But here's the thing. If they wouldn't respond, if Capitol Records wouldn't respond, responded, it would have probably just fizzled out. Like with Dave Chappelle, which keeps getting, you know, the flame keeps getting uh, flamed up. Uh, the fire keeps getting, you know, f gas adding to flames. But, you know, Dave Chappelle, Joe Rogan, all these people who have been canceled. They're doing fine, right? So I feel like if Capitol Records would have just maybe made an adjustment and maybe, maybe, maybe not make the, the, the... But here's the thing. It's a black presenting ai shouldn't it be allowed to say the n-word shouldn't it be allowed to talk about these issues if it's a black presenting ai it's a black presenting character i don't know 
it, it's just kind of weird. I don't like the idea of censorship, y'all. I don't like it. But I see why people are upset about it. So let, let, let's go check out the... Should we check out the the the, the comments on this one? Because I'm sure they're fine. I noticed the uh, I noticed they said the AI was based off a of real rap artist. Which one exactly? And isn't that basically stealing music in a messed up way from people? I mean, if I write a song and sing like people intentionally, that would be ripping people off. That's true, D'Angelo. But um, people do it all the time. It's a part of the whole business. It's called sampling. <laughs> Uh, hip hop sold its soul a long time ago and has been perpetuating negative images and influencing the masses. The mirror has two faces and anyone who signed a deal in the game up until now already took the Judas Silver blackout. You're late. <laughs> okay. Um, this is kind of true in a sense. Um, I've seen a lot of people, especially black people who've been like, yo, hip-hop today's hip-hop and rap perpetuates all the negative stereotypes against black folks so there is a big movement within the black within the black community that there that that hip-hop and rap music is detrimental to uh the mental health and the mental well-being and uh, of of the black community uh a huge proponent of this is thomas soul uh, who is a black economist, and he's just a very, very intelligent human being. And, um, you know, he has his take on this, but he's not the only one. There's tons of people who are just like, I don't know. Hip-hop is already kind of a, you know, it's kind of already has these bad uh, uh, connotations to it. And so, in any case, black people are not creating the characters, so that makes the robot a uh, caricature and therefore hella disrespect. Oh, Raina, thank you for coming in here. I, I, I'm glad we had this. Black presenting, but are his pixels really black? <laughs> it says pixels really black. Let's take a look at him. Let's take a look at F and Mega. I mean, looks black. It looks black. Okay, so I see what you're saying. So even if the lyrics and his voice is voiced by a black person, it's still disrespectful right now. Kind of like the voice actor for Cleveland Brown. He got out before the mob came from. That's true too, Naders. That's true too. Fucking, uh, what's his name? Henry. What's his name? Cleveland Brown voice actor. His name is Henry something. <sighs> Mike Henry. There you go. He's voiced by a white dude. This is who Cleveland is voiced by. This guy. <laughs> and he still voices it, by the way. Mike Henry still voices Cleveland Brown. But you know who doesn't? Uh, you know who doesn't voice? Who who doesn't do a voice for a person of color that used to? Hank Azaria. They killed off a, a poo. A poo no longer exists. Hank Azaria will no longer voice a poo on The Simpsons. So I don't know. How is it Azur's? I, I think he's just, I don't think, 
what do you mean Azers? What is it? Now it's Azers? What is Azers? I said that because I just had to say hello. Sorry. No, mighty mighty Naders was just joking. You're good. It was all jokes and lols. Um anyways, where were we? What were we just talking about? Oh, we were talking about okay. Um so yeah. So to this person, there is that is true. There are pe- there are people who believe that rap culture and hip hop culture is uh, is uh, is perpetuating negative stereotypes in the black community. I-, I like to joke about today's rap. What happened to the good old days when we were rapping about gang banging, banging bitches, and smoking weed? <laughs> yeah, what happened to the good old days about just? Uh, punching the bitches, smacking the hoes. What happened to those good old days of rap? <laughs> uh, I mean, some rappers are like that. What happens when someone who creates an AI does the uh, does a VTuber like personality and creates music that has similar styles like that AI? It's gonna happen. It's inevitable. What if a creator uses a virtual character that streams and does music? What if they hide behind a wall of anonymity? There's the uh, there's already notable streamers where no one knows if they're male creator or a female creator behind it. Same could be applied to race. It's true, and when we think about it, I guess it's not accepted socially for um, people to f- like Rachel Dolezal, right? Rachel Dolezal famously was someone who identifies as a black woman who is a very white woman. She was the head of the NAACP in the Northwest region of uh, of America. You, you know what, fucking Gene, you better leave me alone. Martina Big, yeah, Martina Big is out there doing it big. Um, you know, there are people who might identify as as black and and are out there doing these things. There, there's. Uh, the, there are VTubers out there who have, that could be any color. We don't know who these people are. We don't know what they're doing. So if a VTuber is white and their VTube, uh, character is a black. Okay. So what if it's a white girl and the VTube character is a black male, a male presenting or whatever, is that wrong? Is that wrong? So if a white streamer white girl uh pretends to be a black man as a vtuber and if you don't know what vtuber is it's just like a digital representation of a streamer so it could be like an animated um thing that's streaming uh there there's some great vtubers out there but is that wrong is that wrong if a white woman is pretending to stream as a black man vtuber is that wrong are people allowed to do that should they be canceled for it? Asking for a friend. <laughs> uh, was those black rappers created by white people? You hit it right on the head. So the issue is not the stereotypical AI rapper or the lyrics. The issue is that white people create it. Shake my head. Mine, mine, mine. Um, yeah, I guess that is the problem, right? Not wrong. It's weird, but only wrong if she's disrespectful to the culture gotcha isn't that called digital black facing is that what it's called morby i mean is that a thing i don't know if that's a thing 
well, white people created many things, as do black, but making it a race thing is definitely the American way. <laughs> definitely. Um, and here's the other thing. Without white people, rap music wouldn't exist. And I know that sounds fucked up and, and wrong. But if it wasn't for white people signing black artists, and I know this is, sounds awful, but would hip-hop be where it was today? If it was just black people doing black art only, would it be the same cultural would it have the same cultural impact i don't know and i'm not trying to i'm not trying to say one way or the other i'm just that's an, that's the question that comes to my mind is and the idea is, is that there was a lot of white people who brought black people to the forefront i mean if if you want to talk about it, i mean eminem discovered 50 cent um i know dr dre discovered eminem uh, what are some other ones? Uh, 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 God, there's tons of there's tons of it. I mean, Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre himself was brought to the forefront by white people. Uh, uh, I know Suge Knight was death row, but they still was uh, it was it was a, a it was a conglomeration. It was a it was a uh, what do you call it when two people work together? fuck a collaboration if you will did he i didn't know that you don't get credit for opening the door after you're the one who closed it yeah well there you go uh that's giving white people too much credit <laughs> i'm just saying hip-hop would still exist but it would exist in the same cultural impact that it does today just asking not trying to take a side there giving white people you don't get credit for opening the door that you close i get that did he i didn't know that i'm glad that music always has been borrowing but outright stealing and not giving credit stinks well that's but that's different that's different from what we're talking about here we're talking about um we're we're talking about well, i guess that's that works i mean because when you look at when you look at the idea of like elvis and how Elvis sort of got his material, his source material was taken directly from black people. We went over that, right? Um, so, yeah, that is shitty, and it is stealing. And it is sort of that reverse role, right? Like if a, So if a black person was to be a white VTuber, is that okay? That's definitely okay, right? If a black person was to be a white VTuber, that's totally fine. And even if they were shitting on white culture, right? Like if a black person was in there like uh, and sitting there just like, I'm going to eat my macaroni and mayonnaise sandwich and I'm just a cracker who fucking loves the KKK, whatever it is, right? Like uh, if they were, even if the black person was disrespecting white culture, would that be wrong? Uh, America would exist too, but that again is giving white people too much credit for the hard work black and indigenous people. Okay, I'm gonna say an unpopular thing here, but if it wasn't for white people, you know, hypothetically, just thinking outside the box here, if there wasn't a white person to direct and organize 
the indigenous and black folks, would America exist the way it exists now? But <laughs> moving touchment, thank you so much, Anna Banana. Thank you so much for that gifted sub, you beautiful human being. You, I hope you're doing. Uh, I love you, buddy. I love you. Hold on, let me see here. This is sparking some real discussion here. People are getting mad, but hold on, we gotta give some love to MD here. Hello, moving Dutchman. This is Gandalf. Thank you for all that you do for this channel, and always remember, a moving Dutchman is never late, nor early, but arrives precisely when he means to. Thank you, moving Dutchman. You know I love you, baby boo. Uh, we would definitely be healthy and living. <laughs> Were they wearing sandals without socks? Oh, sorry, but what even is white culture? Um, I don't know. It's 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 drinking milk. I don't know. <laughs> drinking milk. Um, uh, being on time. I don't know. What is it? What is white culture? What is a woman, for that matter? Um, that is right. Uh, if by what you have now, you mean a diseased land and diseased people, yes, you are right. Well, I'm saying that I know America is in the decline right now, right? Like there's no, there's nobody here that's good. Okay. Someone hold my beer. I got this. Uh, okay. Nader. Um, I forgot what I was talking about. I forgot what I was about to say. Uh, that's that's weed, man. That's the weed, bro. That's the weed and the Selexa. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Wait a second. What I meant, Reina, was would America have reached the peak of what they have? I realize America's in the decline right now, and people here are, are fucking, it's just getting worse. But I'm saying America, in the short time it's been around, has made a huge impact, and we've gone from, you know, this scrappy little rebellion to a to a world leader, world power. Would it be the same without the travesties, without the the tribute tributizing, without without the without the horrors that were bestowed upon the people who were found here and the people who were unwillingly brought here? Would it still be a powerhouse of a country, or would we be something else? I don't know. I mean, white people left America alone for a long time. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, bad connection. I am in a train. I'll say bye as long as I can. Lurk, awesome stream today. Love you, boss. Love. Morby, love you. I hope your headache's going away. Would we be like Africa? <laughs> would we be like Africa? Which is a very... It's a very, uh, how do I say this without sounding terrible, but it's a very complicated place, right? All the countries that exist in Africa are definitely not killing it like America is even currently, right? So would we end up like a big third world country or would we end I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Taking advantage of Raped? Look, Raina's in Those here. Those are better words. Like, this conversation is stupid. 
Oh, Rain is mad. Rain is mad. I'm not mad. I just, it's stupid. It sounds dumb. I'm just asking questions. I, I'm so glad that I don't have to type all this. They're dumb. They're dumb questions. I love you. They're dumb questions. Okay, they're dumb questions. Okay. But they're questions nonetheless. I have a white friend that was born in Nigeria. They named her Ivory. <laughs> That's tight. Nine euro ticket. That's more be cursing through Germany. That's <laughs> bullshit. I can't even speak it. I don't even know how to do it. You got it. Um, okay. Well, Raina says this conversation is dumb, so I guess we'll have to. She she is the she is the she is our um, she is our judge today. Well, white people create many things, as do. Okay, we read that. I need some bubble tea now. <laughs> I'd recommend matcha, brown sugar, boba. Uh, it is totally stupid to demand that the Capitol Records should throw them out. Music is music and grow up, everyone. <laughs> uh, Gunna is in jail for gang activity. Is he not? Not for lyrics that almost every black hip-hop artist propagates through music. Literally, a lot of rappers have been uh, under investigation for lap, rap lyrics. He's been going on since the 2000s and even before that, hence the hip-hop police. <laughs> Gunner isn't... Yeah, exactly. Gunner's in jail for more than that. Bruh, it's a fucking cartoon. <laughs> Judge, jury, executioner. I mean, and Korea is doing okay. Yeah, Korea's doing fine. Especially the North part, right? Uh, okay, so... This is just industry blackout. This is what their post was. This is who was really initiating the 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 march on Capitol Records. So let's uh, uh, let's keep going here. FN Mecca, or rather the creators of FN Mecca, have been criticized for mimicking police brutality using the N-word on songs like 2019's Moonwalking. The automated MC's major label debut single, Florida, Florida Water, which uh, features recently arrested rapper Gunna, who was indicted partially over his lyrics and social media posts for conspiring to violate RICO laws. So yeah, they were using uh, Gunna's lyrics as part of their investigation against the Young Slime gang. Or what are they called? Young Slime dudes? Whatever. YSL? Young Slime something? Anyways... Uh, yeah, they're they're a real gang. Industry Blackout noted that the that Gunna is currently incarcerated for rapping the same lyrics this robot mimics. The difference is you're uh, okay. We know that activists demanded the termination of CMG's and FN Mecca's partnership, as well as a public apology. FN Mecca's removal from all platforms. Capital complied with the first two, but it's doubtful if FN Mecca or other virtual artists are going anywhere. Factory News, uh, Anthony Martini wants to be the MCU of recording industry, creating a universe of music characters. Well, if Marvel has proven anything, it's that formulaic rehashing of familiar material is big business, even if it's really all just a bunch of tennis balls on a stick. Anyways... Uh, I thought that was really interesting. I thought it was a really interesting question about where we're going with technology. I, th I, th I think this is a very, it draws, you know, questions about creativity. It, it, it draws questions about, you know, um, what, what, what we can say, how we can say it, who can say what. 
You know, I, and, uh, you know, I, I know that our conversation kind of got off of track of this particular subject, but I think that you can take these sort of subjects and keep moving on and on and on and on and on and on. And you're always going to run into walls and um, you're always going to run into pushback, as we saw with Raina. <laughs> Raina felt so compelled about this conversation, she got up and interrupted the stream just so she could not have to type it all. I'm going to make a white VTuber character. He's going to be a pimento cheese sandwich. <laughs> oh, don't say that. We never get off the rails. It's true. We're never off rails here. We always on there. And look, it's a Dries Elba. And this person. What's that lady's name? The lady, whatever her name is. Who cares her name? I don't know. I, I think it's completely fascinating. And personally, personally, I'm going to say it. I, I, I don't I don't personally care that this robot is out there dropping N-bombs and such, but I see why people are out there upset. I'm not black. I don't share that kind of, you know, um, I don't, I, I guess I don't share that kind of animosity towards that word. Uh, I'm, although my family, I got a lot of black family members and I would never want anybody talking out a term around them like that uh but we're talking about art we're talking about music we're talking about uh, it's something that's not even real for the most part it's 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 just you know ones and twos or i'm sorry zeros and ones and i, I don't know I, I think that it was just a little bit much that's all and it was a black rapper black uh, rapping right it was a black rapper rapping the lyrics so it's not like it was some white dude in the background or maybe it was an asian guy doing it at first because they hinted that it was the asian dude maybe the voice of him as well so it could have been an asian dude but Honestly, if it was a black rapper who was saying the N-bomb, I don't, I don't really have a problem with it. I mean, when you have white people out there dropping N-bombs, you know, that's different. That's different. Um, I, you know, it's inappropriate. But again, I'm not sitting here being like, oh, fucking woke culture strikes again. I get it. I get why people are pissed off. Just me personally, I don't care. That's the only thing. That's all. That, that that's it I, I i don't really give a shit that this robot said the n-word and perpetuated negative stereotypes that real rappers do all the time anyways <laughs> he's only doing what real rappers do all the time just another day on the playstation network <laughs> yeah right <laughs> right it, 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 that's another thing too it's like if you guys want to know what pc is if there's anybody in stream right now or anybody listening that is super PC and is just like, this is not right, don't ever go on the, 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 any gaming networks. <laughs> don't play Xbox. Don't work in a homeless shelter. Don't work at a retirement home. Don't work in the gaming industry. I'd say I am, but yeah, I, I get all the sides. Well, yeah, no, I mean, here's again, I don't want to sound insensitive to the situation. I just don't it just per, it, it's like I don't care that I don't care that like there's so many people who care that trans men are playing in women's sport or I'm sorry, trans women are playing in women's sports. I can see why people are pissed. I can see why people want to happen again. I personally don't give a shit. Let them do whatever they want. I don't give a fuck. It doesn't affect me. So that's how I kind of see this. 
Like, if my son, who is part black, hears him say the N-word, is my son going to, to, to crumple up and wither away and, 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 and feel unsafe? Is he going to, is he, is he going to cry? Is he going to not be able to go to school the next day because he needs time to recover from the trauma he suffered from hearing this robot say the N-word? No, because my son's not a brittle spirit. My son's not a fucking a, a, a little jackass who's going to sit there and be like, everything makes me mad. Ugh. It's a fucking robot. But again, mad respect to people who are offended by this because, again, I'm not, I'm not black. I don't know what that word, the, the, how that word affects me is different how it affects other people. So, again, I see what's going on here, but... You know, it's a fucking robot, friends. It's a fucking robot.